You're listening to the Anesthesia Patient Safety Podcast, the official podcast of the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation. We're bringing you the very best from the APSF newsletter and website, as well as the latest information in perioperative patient safety. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Anesthesia Patient Safety Podcast. My name is Allie Bechtel, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us for another show. Today, we have some special content from a recent Chime Opioid Action Center podcast. We are going to be hearing from Elizabeth Rebello, an APSF board member, and Dominic Carollo from Oshner Health, who were recently interviewed for a Chime Opioid Action Center podcast. The focus for this podcast is on why the OR and procedural areas have unique challenges for monitoring for potential drug diversion. Before we dive into the episode today, we'd like to recognize GE Healthcare, a major corporate supporter of APSF. GE Healthcare has generously provided unrestricted support to further our vision that no one shall be harmed by anesthesia care. Thank you, GE Healthcare. We wouldn't be able to do all that we do without you. Before we take a listen to some of the Chime podcast, we are heading over to APSF.org and checking out an article from our archives. Our featured article today is Drug Diversion in the Anesthesia Profession. How Can the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation Help Everyone Be Safe? by Maria Van Pelt and colleagues. To follow along with us, head over to APSF.org and click on the newsletter heading. Fifth one down is the newsletter archives, then scroll down to February 2019. From here, scroll down until you get to our featured article today. I will include a link to the article in the show notes as well. This article is a report of an APSF conference dedicated to this topic. This is a threat to patient safety and healthcare professionals. The APSF is dedicated to this topic since substance use disorder, diversion in the workplace, and their potential adverse effects on patient safety require a commitment to the following. Open discussion, education, research, policy, and other interventions that may be identified. What is the scope of this problem? This is an important question since it is a significant occupational hazard with little forward progress towards decreasing prevalence, education, and outcomes. Back in 2019, it was estimated that 10 to 15% of healthcare workers will misuse drugs or alcohol during their career, and this is one of the most disabling illnesses in healthcare workers. This is a threat to safety that impacts so many people, patients, the healthcare professional, and their coworkers, and employers. Patients are at risk since drug diversion means that drugs are diverted from the patients, which they may need for appropriate pain control. And bloodborne infectious outbreaks have occurred due to drug diversion as well. There have been several high-profile cases of hepatitis C outbreaks in patients following drug diversion and tampering. Anesthesia professionals must remain vigilant with narcotic medications and keep these in a secure location under direct control. Other risk management strategies for securing narcotics were provided by Brian Thomas and include the following. 
careful review and adherence to all hospital, facility, drug storage, and security policies. Never leave controlled substances or medications likely to be diverted, unsecured, and unsupervised. Consideration for keeping controlled substances or medications likely to be diverted on your person once dispensed. Report any suspicious behavior or activity if you suspect drug diversion. And implement workplace drug testing policies. In the next section, Trisha Meyer reports on the why and how of drug diversion. Unfortunately, this is a common problem in the healthcare workplace for the following reasons. High-risk setting, easy access to drugs, self-medicating for personal health problems, culture acceptance of pharmacological agents to cure ills, pain reduction, overwork, sleep deprivation, availability and access, advanced parental administration skills, believed immunity to drug abuse, and exposure to death and dying. Drug diversion can occur at many points, from procurement to preparation and dispensing, to prescribing, to administration, and finally to waste and removal of the controlled substances. Hospitals and institutions are responsible for maintaining a controlled substance diversion prevention program in compliance with federal and state laws and regulations, but there are inconsistencies in these programs. Drug diversion continues to occur despite these programs due to poor accountability, inconsistent compliance with regulatory requirements, convenient processes with less control, inconsistent and delayed consequences, lax processes, and a culture that supports a reluctance to speak up. Hospitals can make a difference to stop diversion by using technology and ongoing surveillance to maintain procedural compliance and effectiveness. For healthcare workers who are impaired, proper treatment should also include an accountability monitoring program to promote sustained sobriety rather than a punitive-only approach, which has not been shown to work. Check out Table 2 in the article for recommendations and possible interventions for healthcare facilities and health systems that was created following the conference in 2019. We are going to review it now. Number 1. Develop a prevention focus related to substance use disorder and diversion within the healthcare organization, which may be facilitated by developing a clinician wellness committee within the procedural practice. Number two, provide a comprehensive educational program related to substance use disorder to reduce the stigma associated with it and to promote a culture of safety. Number three, develop clear policies related to drug diversion and substance misuse. This may be supported by a multidisciplinary group to review best practices and develop policies for the prevention and detection of drug diversion and substance misuse in procedural practices. This should include a drug diversion team that investigates missing drug events. Number four, healthcare organizations should identify and provide appropriate recommendations related to the process of reporting and treatment options for all anesthesia professionals. This may be done with an information toolkit and a designated resource person within the anesthesia department and healthcare organization. Number five, develop a comprehensive approach to managing the key areas of focus related to substance use disorder with annual competency modules related to wellness, 
substance use disorder, diversion, and treatment options. Number six, develop a comprehensive and standardized requirement for new employee reference checks, including clarity on any gaps in employment. And number seven, develop consistency across all healthcare institutions with a clear and well-defined policy for institutional oversight of controlled substances. Number eight, prioritize compliance and accountability with standardized drug testing policies. And number nine, intensify research and learn from all healthcare disciplines with multidisciplinary collaborations. Now that we have reviewed the recommendations from 2019, let's take a listen to some of the Chime podcast now for an update. We are going to hear Rebello and Carollo share what their institutions are doing to help decrease drug diversion and why drug diversion is an important patient safety consideration with monitor Amanda Hayes. Let's take a listen now. I'm interested in hearing maybe what your organization is doing to raise awareness about the risks of diversion, potential diversion signs, and how you're educating your employees about these potential consequences. So, Dr. Carollo, uh, what are you doing at Oshner, if you could share? So, obviously, through trial and error and then through uh, through some negative audits that we've had in the past, we were able to develop a system with uh, personnel that we are co- every day we are looking at the the dispension and then um, the distribution of narcotics into uh, patients and then how much they actually pull from the uh, drug delivery systems and then reconciling that with how much they charge. This was just step one, and now we're developing software with um, with with our corporate partners to be able to look for patterns within that. We've always tried to look at patterns, for example, pulling a medication on a patient that's been discharged or pulling a medication on a patient that was completed greater than 72 hours ago. But now we're looking at even more practice patterns that are uh, that, that we think may be able to help us identify pay, uh, providers that may be drug diverting. Thanks for sharing that. Dr. Rabello, what are you doing in your organization? We have a tiered approach. Uh, you know, tier one consists of reconciliation within the automated dispensing cabinet system. And then with that, we have witness waste with a licensed care, a healthcare provider for narcotics. And these narcotics are disposed in a device which renders a substance inactive. And then tier two consists of as we close out the case in the recovery room, there's an end of case narcotic reconciliation report that providers reconcile before closing out the chart. And if there's a discrepancy, pharmacy staff will reach out to the provider the same day in the OR or the next day in the procedural settings area. And then tier three consists of a diversion software system that we have that actually integrates the ADC and the EMR data that looks at pattern recognition, is able to pull out information at a granular level if needed. And so some of the things that are looked at are, you know, variance trends versus peers, dispense patterns, timing of dispense to administration or timing of administration to waste, looking at quote unquote waste networks, full dose waste, these type of things. And quote unquote normal is is defined as kind of that particular practice area. So for example, a non-OR practice area, the practices may be different than in the OR. It doesn't necessarily make it different. You're compared to those that practice in that same area to determine the practice patterns. 
And then if needed, of course, we can do um, testing of partials as well. Yeah, you bring up a really important point, I think, is that anesthesia providers can go into a variety of uh, procedural spaces, not just the OR. And so how do you really promote compliance with some of the policies around medication use in those areas? So what we do, you know, we have the automatic dispensing kit and the EMR reconciliation record really, I think, keeps things clean. And then when there's a discrepancy, you know, having pharmacy involved and speaking with healthcare provider uh, to kind of close that loop. And then from a more uh, higher uh, elevation scale, looking at patterns with the integrated software, I think helps us determine those type of behaviors. Yes. And we also have the ability to, um, to, if we suspect, to then do specific testing on wasted medications. And we have ways of, of pivoting from the normal waste procedure and verified waste procedure to doing it with supervisors, doing it with other physicians, um, and, and a, an ability to, to, to make sure that the waste is all being done properly. And then, of course, we, ha- we do have a way of testing um, left the leftover medication and the wasted medication um, somewhat easily, but it's not regularly utilized, but we do have the ability to do that. One other thing that you guys haven't mentioned that I hear um, interest in a lot is around camera surveillance as a deterrent for drug diversion. I mean, just interested in your perspectives, given that um, active patient care is happening often in these areas where you uh, where individuals uh, may be uh, diverting medications. You know, I think camera surveillance is helpful and it's used for other purposes as well uh, within the, the organization. And so I believe it is helpful actually, not only with drug diversion, but also if there's something that occurred that needs to be looked at, having the camera surveillance um, access is important. Yeah, we, we do have cameras, um, but we are currently not using them for surveillance of the providers. However, if there was a suspicion, I could imagine we could quickly shift to that role. Thanks for sharing those uh, opinions on that. Um, The other thing I'm interested in learning from you both about is how organizations should be thinking about the surgical setting. Um, You know, as a pharmacist, I've used reports for many years in my career that looked at standard deviations. Uh, standard deviations, so how much medication is being used by a certain individual to care for the patient. Um, and we also know that there's some newer software, it sounds like both of you are utilizing, that have maybe some machine learning or artificial intelligence. Um, but yet at the same time, as a pharmacist, I often felt like the police when trying to find that missing documentation and working in the OR. And so maybe, uh, Dr. Carlo, how have you partnered with your pharmacy to ensure more of a collegial approach? As, as such a large healthcare system, Ochsner felt it was um, prudent to hire a pharmacist, pharmacy leader whose only role uh, is, is to be involved in drug diversion throughout the entire system. So we have a pharmacist, and, and he has a team of pharmacists and pharmacy techs that work in all of the multiple hospitals across the system. And so what we're trying to do is develop with our pharmacy teams repeatable repeatable and robust systems that follow and look for um, drug diversion uh, personnel throughout the entire system. 
Now, at, at some of the campuses, we do have anesthesia personnel that are constantly looking at the patterns and looking at the daily um, reconciliation between waste and dispense um, and distribution and administration, excuse me. So it's, it's using all of those teams. It's like it takes a village to find a drug diverter. And if you don't have everyone on that team and everyone looking, then you won't find them. And then you're going to have someone who is diverting and then, and then they could have a major catastrophic event. And that's really what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, Dr. Robello, you know, just kind of knowing that you work with the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation, um, maybe talk to us a little bit about your perspectives on drug diversion as a patient safety issue and maybe where we need to go in the future. You know, I really think drug diversion is a patient safety issue, not only in terms of inadequate care in terms of suboptimal dosing, but also having an impaired provider, as we talked about earlier, not being able to make appropriate decisions, you know, if they are indeed impaired. And so like Dr. Carolla mentioned, you know, having a collaborative approach is important, you know, from pharmacy to anesthesia and also looking at it, you know, along the whole spectrum in terms of when that medication hits the hospital, all the different steps where diversion could occur and having steps to mitigate that, you know, whether it's someone who is filling the automatic dispensing cabinet or not, you know, there is Emphasis on anesthesia, of course, because of the unique environment and that we are giving medica- administering medications, you know, typically without the other checks that occur. And so, but I think the whole process needs to be looked at. And I definitely think it is indeed a patient safety issue. Thank you to Chime for sharing this Opioid Action Center podcast with us. And I will include a link to the full podcast in the show notes as well. If you have any questions or comments from today's show, please email us at podcast at APSF.org. Please keep in mind that the information in this show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. We hope that you will visit APSF.org for detailed information and check out the show notes for links to all the topics we discussed today. The 2022 APSF Stolting Conference just wrapped up. But the American Society of Anesthesiology annual meeting is right around the corner with several anesthesia patient safety talks, including a wellness panel called Wellness, Burnout, and Resilience, New Wrinkles in Patient Safety, and the Ellison Pierce Lecture called Racial and Ethnic Disparities in Perioperative Patient Safety, and the APSF panel on Challenges in Non-Operating Room Anesthesia. Head over to APSF.org and click on the Conferences and Events heading, and the first one down is Upcoming APSF Events. Mark your calendars, and we hope to see you there. Until next time, stay vigilant so that no one shall be harmed by anesthesia care.